0: This is the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast post game Seahawks Falcons after a tough loss. I'm um, Sammy,
1: and I'm George. Man, for once that 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 theme song right at the beginning of a podcast did not even hype me up enough because it's hard to be hyped up after a day like
0: this. It sure is um, tough loss for the Seahawks. Honestly, tough day, as you said today before we record. Tough day for Seattle Sports if you're a Mariners fan as well. We're not going to really touch on it today. But they were up 11 2 and lost 13 to 12. So that did happen. Tough day being a Seattle sports Seattle sports fan, George.
1: Yeah, really tough after a great Saturday where the Mariners won and the Huskies won and the Cougars lost. And since I went to UW. Great Saturday,
0: equally as horrible of a Sunday, like total opposite. Yeah. yeah tough Sunday. Uh, Seahawks, tough loss. Now the only positive thing for the Seahawks is if you are one of those people who are rooting for the Seahawks to tank um, and pick up a number one or two pick. Now I don't know for worse than maybe the, uh, the Houston Texans or like the jets, maybe, I don't know. There's a couple teams that potentially are worse, potentially not sure, but, Bad day to be a Seahawks fan, unless you are rooting for that number one pick, which is starting to become more realistic, George. Let's just start with the fact that the Atlanta Falcons were 0-2. They're known to maybe be one of the worst defenses in the league, and probably not one of the better offenses outside of Cordell Patterson. Um, overall, just a shitty place to be a shitty game to be losing.
1: Yeah, um, this is a very, very shitty game to be losing. And I guess the question is, how bad are we? I mean, Is this team a top five bad team? Because honestly, what you said there, the defense for Atlanta is no good. But the Seahawks offense looks fine. But the defense for Seattle, which at the beginning of a season, if you told me, I'd probably say the defense would have probably figured it out because Pete Carroll's great defensive mind. But the offense has figured it out. And the defense literally cannot stop me and you if we wind up up at wide receiver.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and it's not as if... Okay, well, the um, Falcons have a great tight end in Kyle Pitts and they have a good rookie mm-hmm. in Drake London. But we're not talking about, you know, wh- what's going to happen when we face Cooper Cup, right? And the Rams, or what's going to happen if you face the Cardinals after week six with DeAndre Hopkins? And don't forget those quarterbacks that are on those sides. We're talking about Marcus Mariota with Kyle Pitts and a rookie receiver. And the Seahawks could not for a second even stay anywhere near those guys. So, that's really tough. Uh, you, you can't <laughs> to really... say the least, it's very tough. Yeah. And I mean, I just saw Seahawks got 420 yards. Um 420 yards this year on this week on offense. The offense was not the problem, right? And yes, Damian Lewis's holding probably held back the Seahawks a little bit. Uh, it was pun intended there.
1: What 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 was the pun? You said Damian Lewis, Lewis is holding held back the Seahawks. No, Seattle. no,
0: no pun intended actually. I'm not, not in the joking mood, so like I wouldn't have came up with that one today. But it is it is not it's not a bad pun, but it was it's pretty bad. And we got this comment here on Facebook. And for those that don't know, we go live after every Seahawks game on Facebook, the Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, all of them. You just do YouTube.com/sontseattle, S-O-N-T Seattle, um, and youtube Seattle and wherever facebook Seattle. David said it's almost like playing horse and shoes and hand grenades. No bueno defense was lacking and that's literally the biggest problem right i mean like we said the offense did mostly what they could they put up 23 points geno smith actually played a pretty good game except for at the fourth quarter he almost threw that really bad pick and then threw a pick at the end of the game and took a sack that he probably shouldn't have taken i would to say the least right probably like should have tried to get the ball out but the defense which is weird george Mm -hmm. you know who our head coach is right Pete Carroll, I believe, is our head coach. Or
1: (laughs) or I think that we'd say the artist formally known as Pete
0: Carroll is our coach. Or at least the defensive artist, formally known as the defensive artist. Because he seems like he's still a good people manager. Great people manager,
1: but what's wrong with the defense? I mean, this is what he's known for is scheming up good defenses, having a good defensive game plan, and drafting good defense. I mean, that's what we're supposed to trust in. And this defense... I mean, I like Michael Jackson, cool name and all, but I mean, they were picking on him, man. Whatever they wanted to do, they were throwing right at Michael
0: Jackson. Yeah, which is really tough to see, to be honest. See, they, they were throwing right at him. Seahawks had just no chance on the offensive end. I mean, like they legitimately had no shot. They were not doing anything positive defensively. Um, Outside of that fumble, which I honestly uh, – it's not like the Seahawks defense did anything. No, the drone did it. Like It, just, <laughs> the <drone. laughs> the drone. it was the drone. There's a five-minute delay. Falcons offense comes out and has a little miscue and f- fumbles the snap a little bit. And Seahawks get the ball and have a chance to tie the game. Outside of that, the defense let us down left and right and left and right. Um, we didn't get any of that magic that we got from the first week and second week where just like red zone defense was – making miracle plays, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Miracle, that's what it took was miracle plays. We had, I think, one three and out earlier in the game, and right before halftime, everyone was celebrating that. And then the fumble, like you said, other than that, I can't really think of a time where we actually looked like, yeah, we had the interception right at the end of the half at a garbage play. But I yep. can't think of anything else where we actually stopped the Falcons. I felt like anytime they wanted to get a first down, cordell patterson who's a wide receiver converted to running back looked like emmett smith in the backfield like we couldn't fucking tackle him we couldn't stop him the holes were like huge right
0: it it was just all bad yeah it was it was literally all bad now for me uh the way i see it now it's you're going to detroit i said this last week on the podcast like I think the mindset's a complete shift. If you beat the Falcons, beating the Falcons at home, you know you probably can go to Detroit on the road and get a win. When I see the Seahawks lose to the Falcons at home, I'm assuming we're going to go to Detroit and lose. Now, maybe that's how I feel right now. Maybe that might change. But Detroit's not a bad football team. I mean, I they're mean better, Have you they're,
1: seen Amon St. Brown uh, at wide receiver for the
0: Lions? Yeah, we're going to make him look like Jerry tough. Rice. We sure are. <laughs> it's going to be tough. <laughs> no, that's going to be fucking tough, dude. I mean, like, and Jared Goff's a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. I don't care what anyone has to say about that. That's well, I don't think like, anyone's going to argue with you about that. You never know. You
1: never <laughs> yeah, know. If, okay, if you're o- from Oregon or an Atlanta Falcons fan
0: or from Hawaii, you might argue him. And Jared Goff's been to a super. That long-term. is a large demographic of people. So that, that, there's a lot of people that might say Marcus Mariota's is better than Jared Goff. I mean, like, Jared Goff, since he's been off the Rams, has not really won many games. So. Yeah. I'm just saying Jared Goff scares me more than Marcus Mariota and better receiving core. Um, and just overall, I think a better team. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And I think at this point, I don't blame people if they start to say, Hey, this is, this is a, we're going for a top five pick type of season. Cause I wasn't thinking that before this game. And there's points in this game where I'm like, maybe they're not that bad, but when you lose to the Falcons who are and two, and they were ranked before the season defense defense. I think 32nd on PFF Uh, offensive line, 32nd DBs 31st Uh, like every group outside of tight end and running back because of Cordell Patterson, they're ranked somewhere in the bottom five and the Seahawks lose to them at home. That's, that's a really, really tough place to be in as a Seahawks fan. So I'm not really sure what to make of anything else going forward. Um, and for those that are watching live on Twitter or on Facebook, YouTube, feel free to drop some comments and we'll answer questions and you know answer any comments because it's part of the fun here.
1: Yeah, I mean, well said. I, I just think, look, I know we're, let's talk about the tanking season, right? Is this a tank season or is it not a tank season? And that's for the fans, ta- right? Like, that's more for the fans because we know the players, the coaching staff, no one's losing games on purpose, right? I mean, that's not physically possible but as a fan right i mean we're one in one now or one in two sorry you personally as a fan of the seattle seahawks (laughs) what would you i guess going forward what do what do you want is this a type of team you want hey we went seven and ten cool or would you be like oh fuck it we're one in 17 which i don't think we'll go one in 17 we're three and 14 we get the first pick or would you rather go like seven and ten
0: well, seven and 10 or go like three and 14 rather yeah. go three and 14. Because this is not um, a team like, look, this is not going to be a 10
1: and 17, right? At best, it's seven, eight, nine wins, seven, eight, nine. I yeah. think
0: absolute best. At that point, what I really hope for, if this team is my choices are for them to be okay and be seven and 10 or be bad and, you know, win three, four games, I'm taking three, four games. Obviously within those three, four games, I'm hoping for some development of our young corners, development of the offensive line, hopefully like not too much of anger from DK Metcalf or like not too much of a give up by certain guys, because there are guys like a DK Metcalf of the world, right. Mm-hmm. And who will probably get frustrated eventually, even if he just gets stats, where we're losing a lot of games and Tyler Lockett, he might not be vocal about it, but he might get frustrated because he's used to winning games, going to playoff games um, and competing. So I don't know, you know, obviously how it's going to all play out if they do lose 10, 11, 12 games. But I do know that if I had to pick between missing the playoffs by three games or just losing 14 games, I'd pick losing 14 games. Give me Bryce Young. Give me CJ Stroud, Shrewd, however you say it. Um, And let's let the rest of these guys develop this year. And that's it sounds so pessimistic because we just came off a shitty loss. But the Falcons, it it probably tells you – it tells us a little, at least enough to know this team's not going to compete at a high level this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you here because I see where you're coming from. But here's my my problem with that mindset, because I think if we win two, three games, we have a huge and much bigger problem than just a quarterback. Right. I think the problem is here if, we're, if we can, because with Geno Smith, like if you watch that game and you think Geno Smith is the he's not the solution, but he's not the problem right? Like he's not the actual problem with the football team is that we have Geno Smith at quarterback. We have a lot more problems in that. So if we go three and 14, that means we need a, like a serious, serious, serious rebuild. If we go seven and 10, I feel like we might be one or two pieces away in tweaking things away. That's what scares me about three and 14 and two and 15 and four and 13, right? That means you're far Damn. away. You're not, you're not a one or two draft picks away. You're not a couple pieces away when we saw the um philadelphia eagles last year were 10 and 7 i believe and went to the playoffs i'm not saying we're gonna go 10 and 7 but then they had three first round draft picks and they were able to go get a wide receiver by trading one of those draft picks drafted two other guys they had a bunch of second round picks they retooled and they look like they might be the class of the nfc i'm not saying that's where we are but that's what just worries me about if we're a 3 and 14 team is like are we two three years away
0: because i think it's I don't want to be two, three years away. Yeah, we're two years away. I mean, my other thought is you got to look at teams like I don't know the Jacksonville Jaguars now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they looked awful last year, but Urban Meyer was a shit show. But they got Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence, their number one pick. They got another one, another number one pick last year, two years yeah. in a row. And now they start off the year what two and one, and they're beating teams like the Chargers. And they're looking very competent. They look like they're that's probably a, that's a, team a great point. That's a very that good example. But that's now look, why. if we could get Trevor Lawrence, I would be
1: like I, he's you know the best prospect. I mean, I would be all for take. Okay, <laughs> yes,
0: but th- that's that that does not how it all works, right? I, like, I know. I know. and and Trevor Lawrence might not become the next Aaron. It might never win a Super Bowl. He might not. There sure. might be Bryce Young. Like you know these whole prospect, like the best prospects into this guy. Blah blah blah. It's not always how it works out. The best quarterbacks in our history, like of our lifetime right now, were like Peyton Manning, Aaron. Peyton Manning was, yes, the best prospect. And then you had Aaron Rodgers, who was like mid tier draft. Dropped in, yeah. yeah. And Tom, Brady, and Tom Brady, was Brady, six round pick. So, and, and Patrick Mahomes always.
1: also middle dr- of a draft, 10th 11th yeah. pick. And, you know, um, just to go off that point there, real quick, uh, I actually do like what you said a little bit here because I'm going to just use an example of a three and 0 team right now. And that's the Miami Dolphins, right? Tua, who was at quarterback last year and the year before, I mean, he got benched multiple times. People didn't know if he's the future. All of a sudden you get it you rebuild that team for one or two years. You use your draft picks wisely. You go get a weapon or two and you get the right head coach, which I think we do have the right head coach. I know a lot of people get upset at Pete, but he's proven he can do it before. I don't know if he's gonna stay along to stay long enough to do it again. But you get a couple things and all of a sudden you can turn it around quick. So yeah, sometimes it, it, you know, good draft capital is what matters.
0: Yeah. And one thing that we got to understand, and now Russell Wilson defenders, do not get angry at this comment. I've had it with Twitter and the people on Twitter who get upset when we root against Russell Wilson. Let me just one more time explain now you know how I feel the last oh, couple no. of years. Let <laughs> me explain. No, no, it's not about that. It's not about the person. Let me explain how football works. When you make a trade, and the other team gives you a draft pick. Okay. Like the, de- I'm, I'm, I want you to follow along, George. I know you know how this works, but I want you to follow along. All right, I'll pretend I'm one of those
1: who doesn't yeah. understand. All right. So roll we
0: traded for the Broncos. We trade the Broncos gave us their first round draft pick next year for Russell okay. Wilson, right? So whatever they land, wherever they land in the draft order, we get that pick. So if and they, how lose- does the draft order work, Sammy? The more games you lose, the better pick you get. So, if is the, there a lottery system the, like that? No, well, I mean, you told so me to so act if, like these No, no, I didn't say act dumb. People aren't that stupid. Like, if the Broncos win two, three games, it's going to be a top five pick. If they win four or five games, let's say it. it'd be a top mm-hmm. five pick. So, yes, you should be rooting against Russell Wilson, not the human being. You don't have to call him corny. You don't have to say, I hate him as a person on the field, off the field, none of that stuff. You should be rooting for him to lose every single game this year because even if the Seahawks or let's just say the Seahawks are bad and we get a, the sixth pick in the draft. If we also have the fifth or sixth pick of the draft from the Broncos, the Seahawks might have a turnaround potential in a year to a year and a half. with good speed. So this is why I think especially like the Seahawks future is not so bleak, right? Like right. they have two draft picks potentially that could be really good. So, unfortunately, I hate to say this, it's about to start soon. I'd rarely ever say this, but go 49ers tonight. I know. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people might be like, <gasps> but no, you're right.
1: You know, as they say, I guess the best way to say it is his misfortune is our reward.
0: Correct. Well, the teams. So, that's why I mean, like, we're them to lose every game. Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: yeah, man. So George, um,
0: let me tell you helps, something. Tell me. Tell me what you want I to do. I got something important to you. Now, you told me that, like, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's, like, that bad, like, how you know, whatever, right? Where the Seahawks stand here. I looked up, and for those that most of you here probably understand how spreads work in gambling. Um, For example, the Seahawks were one-point favorites today in Vegas. So, if you bet on them, they had to win by two points for you to win your bet. If they won by one point, you would have got your money back. If they lost, which they did, you lose your bet. Do you know... Do you know what their spread is against the Detroit Lions on the road? Right. I, I have it up. So. All right, I'm gonna take a guess. You
1: get three points for home. They're a better team than us.
0: Eight eight points. Detroit Lions. Okay, it's a little high, my brother. But it, the, the Lions are six point favorites at home. Okay. The Detroit Lions are six point favorites
1: against. The so, Seattle so teams. they're saying they're just as good as the Falcons. That's weird, but to me, because if that's how it works, right? Because you get so the Falcons. No, at Falcons home- got two points on us,
0: so they're saying they're a little better than the Falcons.
1: Did they get two? Because it's, oh, it's one point favorite. Yeah, but yeah. that's saying if we played in Atlanta, it'd be a five point spread. Detroit six point spread.
0: Yeah, so they're saying
1: Detroit's better. Yeah, yeah, but barely by a point. That surprises me. I, I thought it'd be a little bit higher.
0: No, what you're saying is wrong. If the if we were to go to Atlanta, the last spread would have been you, you minus, minus three of them. So it'd been no, minus you, two. You mind
1: because you get let's say it's an even field, right? Just hear me. It out wasn't first. even. So let's, say, let's just say it was a neut- neutral field. Now you minus three points for home field advantage. That would make the Seahawks two point underdogs. When you add three more points for the road, makes it five. So it's a six point difference, always between home and road. You're wrong, but uh, we'll talk no, about this after I, the podcast. I
0: don't want to ta- This is just, nobody cares about this, but that's not right because the Seahawks were favored by a point at home. So can you just hear me out for just half a second? Just, yes, just for half a second,
1: so I can explain this to everyone on the pod because it does make sense. The Seahawks were one point favorites at home, right? Yes. All right. So, so now not you neutral. So don't say Okay, neutral. I know. I know. Now let's say you move it to a neutral field. You subtract those 3 points, right? Correct. Now you want to sure. you go on the road, you add another 3 points. It's always a 6 point difference between home and away. Always. No, it's, it should be a
0: 3 point difference.
1: It, it, I promise you on from the bottom of my heart it is.
0: I disagree. Uh, okay. Well, it's, it's just, it's a fact. So it's all. It's there. not a fact. It would have been minus two. It would, it, Falcons would have been minus two at home. It would have so, been minus five, but it's okay. It's okay. G- George will it's never okay. say yes. I, no,
1: no. I'm, I, I promise you, I've been gambling for, since I was 18 years old. Not a good thing, by the way. But, and, and I just know how spreads work. It's, it's a six points difference. I
0: disagree. But right. anyways, because there's also no set home value, technically speaking. Yeah.
1: Okay. Anyway, we'll move on, move on from it, but yeah, it's all good.
0: Well, anyways, the Seahawks are six point underdogs in Detroit, mm-hmm. which is pretty glaring. I mean,
1: I thought, I honestly thought it would be worse, to be honest with you. I really thought it would be worse than six points. I thought it would be at least a touchdown. Um, I don't know how we're going to cover anyone in Detroit. I really don't. That, that's my biggest problem. I mean, I just don't know. That offense has been able to move the ball on the Philadelphia Eagles, putting up 35 points on the Eagles, who are one of the best defenses in the league. I don't know how many points they can put up on us.
0: They, they, their offense is definitely going to their offense is. I feel like is supposed to put up more points in Atlanta's against us. The way our offense is, so yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. That's how I feel, too. I'm I, hanging I in don't... there, though, but I don't know.
1: I mean, my thing is I I really don't – my problem is the defense is not – Detroit's defense gives up a lot of points, right? Every game this year, the defense is – we're going to be able to put up points and move the ball against them. But the problem is the offense is not going to be able to stop anyone. And I think that's the biggest problem for Geno Smith. He's, I think Geno Smith is fine if he's playing with a lead. I think Geno Smith is fine if – you're up by ten points, or you're a close game. But when you're trying to ask Geno Smith to play from behind, we saw it in the fourth quarter today. I think that's where Geno Smith gets in problems.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was yeah, he, he plays well when he was in that situation of like, okay, we're just driving down the field. It's a close game, but yeah, it does become a problem when pressure's on. It's third down and ten with two minutes left, and he knows this is the final play of the game. If you don't get it, and he's not that guy. Unfortunately, he's a, he's a great backup quarterback. He's a great starter for maybe a very good team. Like if he was on a, you know, high level roster, I think he would succeed pretty well because he'd be playing from ahead, not really have. But if he was on like the Chiefs roster, he'd probably be fine, right? He'd probably yeah, win eight, I nine mean, games. Yeah, maybe more. not
1: the Chiefs because the Chiefs now this year seems like the roster is a little worse. We've seen Mahomes struggle, but let's, uh, but I know your point, like if a very good roster. He could lead the team to 10 wins. Yeah, and that's unfortunately not happening here.
0: I know it's it's unfortunate. Okay, <laughs> well, Seahawks lose, and then just to add, Mariners of course, as you know, I'm just gonna say it one more time: fucking blew a eleven to two lead today to lose thirteen to twelve. So Seattle sports today was a tough day, but the good news is, Mariners have a pretty definitive like lead on the wild card. They're most likely we're going to most likely within the next seven or eight days, have a playoff announcement that we're, we've made the playoffs. Um, so keep your fingers crossed for that. We'll have a Mariners podcast in the middle of this week. And then our Seahawks podcast at the end of the week, again, previewing the Detroit game. And so we'll, we'll be on top of all of it and just hopefully uh, things start to go a little more positive.
1: <laughs> I hope so, man, at least, we, you know, hopefully by Wednesday, the Mariners have won a few games. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah. Or just the Orioles to keep losing. Or that. Just some, just want to some make positive laughs. news. <laughs> <laughs> some, something positive, please. Well, I think that's all we got, huh?
1: That's it, man. Unfortunately. Well,
0: thanks for listening today. Of course, after every game, like I said, you can just go to YouTube slash Sont Seattle, S-O-N-T Seattle, or you can go to Twitter slash Sont Seattle or Facebook, and we're live there. To find this podcast on any platform, it's Sports On Tap Seattle podcast. And we also have another podcast that George will tell you about.
1: Yeah, the Sports on Tap podcast for all sports. We're talking about NFL right now. It's mostly what we're talking about. There's NBA. But it's just like this. Instead of the Sports on Tap Seattle, just the Sports on Tap. We have a YouTube channel. Same thing, the Sports on Tap. Twitter, Instagram, all the above.
0: Thank you for tuning in today. And as always, thanks for stopping by, George. Uh, We'll see you next time. Sounds good, man. Thank you for stopping by, y'all. Peace you